Inside the Healing Room with Evangeline Hemrick. All right, my friends, I hope that you're going to be able to feel the love that is just coming through the sound waves that I have for this beautiful being that I have for you today. My friend and my fellow classmate from Massage School, way, way back, this person knows me through a lot of different lifetimes. <laughs> I feel like I am so excited to share Philip Ward with you today. He is a California and North Carolina licensed acupuncturist. He's a nationally certified herbalist. He committed to walking the path of a healer in 1995, that year when we woke up. We're going to talk about that year. And he began studying the art of harmonious living with a Tai Chi and Qigong master. That same year, he graduated from the Body Therapy Institute with me, and he opened a bodywork and energy healing practice in Greensboro, North Carolina. In 1998, he co-founded the Golden Flower Tai Chi School of Greensboro, and he began teaching bodywork, energy healing, and polarity therapy at a school for massage therapy. And he continued to grow in his knowledge of health and healing, and he attended Yosan University School of Traditional Chinese Medicine, while also studying external key healing with a 25th generation Longmen Taoist priest. Incorporating over 20 years of experience in nutritional counseling, acupuncture, herbal medicine, cupping, deep tissue, tai chi, qigong, meditation, and polarity therapy, every treatment is individualized to support the patient's immediate and long-term healthcare needs. You can check him out, connect with him, and get to know him on Instagram at DocPhilip, and that's D-O-C-P-H-I-L-L-I-P. And you can also learn more about him at his website, philipwardwellness.com. My friend, my brother, my fellow healer, welcome to the show. I am so honored to have you with me today. Oh my God, what an intro. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited about this chat. Known you forever, forever <laughs> as you just that showed our age completely. We graduated from massage therapy in nineteen ninety five. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. And I'm so excited for people to get to know you because you offer so much hope and inspiration in our times for like how to build yourself, how to be strong, how to be empowered. That's what you embody to me is inspiration for wellness. And I love your journey. I love how you're constantly learning and growing and sharing that as you go. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. That's very kind. That's very kind. Yeah. I, I You know, that's, that's what's worked for me. And that is the nature of my medicine and of your medicine too, as we were talking uh, just before we, we started to record here, is one of my teachers said a long time ago, and it's quite a paradoxical statement that, that if, if you don't want to be ill, don't get sick. And, and I think there's a lot to be said for that, especially right now, if we were to believe everything that we were to hear or to read about what's going on with COVID, I mean, ultimately, it's, it's, it's the focus, in my opinion, anyway, if we can take the focus inward 
there's so much that we can do and should do just to take care of ourselves. You know, the simple stuff, like, you know, come back to the basics, get enough sleep, you know, stay active, find a creative outlet, find a supportive community and supportive relationships, you know, eat good food. And, and that goes a long way, you know, this, just those basic pillars of health. And again, I, I try to live what, you know, we were taught, you too, you know, live the medicine as they say. So, um, and that's what's given me the best results. And if something works for me, I, I do want to share it. And if something doesn't work for me, that, you know, it doesn't mean it's not going to work for someone else. And but you anyway, do live it. Like you do, like when I'm able to pop on Instagram, like if you're having a tea ceremony meditation, like if you're sharing anything live on Instagram, there's that inclusive feeling of, hey, come join me. We can be well. We can be empowered together. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of and, tea, um, and you're really into the tea. Like, I've got my tea here. Like, what are you drinking today? <laughs> uh, at present, I am drinking a show puer. And uh, a show puer, show puer is, puer is aged tea. Uh, there's two different kinds of, of puer. One is show, one is shung, which um, not to go too deep into tea and to bore you to tears because I will absolutely geek out on tea. <laughs> we can talk hours about it because it is for sure one of my favorite pastimes. It's my happy place. One of them. Uh, but I'm, today I'm drinking a 2018 um, show Earlier this morning at 5.30 a.m. I had a 1999 show I think it was, that I had first thing and then um and just that was much more of a ceremonial using as a mindfulness practice. And I also, um, after I my morning workout, I had a cup of white tea, uh, aged white tea. So um, I've had my fill of tea today. <laughs> and after this bowl, I probably uh, will stop at this point or I'll be up until next Thursday. So, but I, I, yeah, I, I try to stop drinking tea around noon. But between 6 a.m. and noon, I'd certainly have my feel. So. Well, cheers. I'm just having a little matcha, a little, I got a little green and I'm nowhere near the sommelier that you are like with the teas, but I'm inspired by the mindfulness practice that you bring. And when you do, I haven't made it to the, one of the live ceremonies yet, but I want to talk about that a little bit and how you, it's really a lot deeper than drinking a cup of tea, isn't it? Yeah, it is for sure. You know, but I th- also, too, I, uh, I think on the same hand, that the beauty of it is that it can be just that. You know, that, that one of the things that I love so much about tea is the simplicity of it. It can be, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just leaves and water. You know, that's it. It's that simple. And, and that's for sure one of the things that I love. But through the leaves and water, you know, it's all there. It, it's And what I mean by it's all there is that just within the leaves and the water, you know, water is such essential for life. It's been, uh, you know, people use, even Bruce Lee, you know, used, taught many lessons on the power of water and, and how water is, you know, one of the strongest forces in the world. And, um, you know, it moves around boulders, yet over time they can actually cut through boulders and rocks. You know, so we can go deep within the, the water element here, but I don't know if it's going to be a place to do that. And then in the tea itself, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's all there for tea or any food for that matter. It requires the earth and it requires proper sunlight. And the amazing thing about tea is that depending on where it's grown, for instance, 
the mountains in Taiwan and China where tea is grown in Yunnan, a lot of tea is grown in Yunnan, depending on where on the mountain the tea grows will determine what type of tea it is or even the flavor, so to speak. I shouldn't say the type of tea, but the flavor. So that, you know, you really can get the tea from the bottom of the mountain and it really does have that valley spirit kind of feel to it. Or you can get more of a cliff tea that's at higher elevation. And depending on which side of the mountain the tea grows, it's going to determine the amount of sunlight that that particular tea would even have. So it's just so interesting how the basic elements, whether they be from Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, the, the basic elements affect and just being mindful of that without creating too much of a story in our head why you know drinking tea a particular kind of tea and with mindful preparation with mindful preparation i don't know for me it's something about that is really um fun more than anything but yet you know mysterious and completely encompasses the Tao because it's all there you know and, uh, but ultimately, we can do that with anything, right? You know, for those that are sensitive, even in food, the energetics of certain foods, you know, that, that it's the same with tea. You know, different teas have different energies. And if, we, if we're still enough, a mindful, uh, there's a level of awareness within drinking, finding those subtleties is, is really, I don't know, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's, it's a blast for me anyway. But, so you know, cool. we can do it with wine, too, or we can do it with beer, or you can do it with even, like, certain kinds of apples. I, think, you know, I don't think tea is exclusive to that, but tea is my path, one of my paths to do that. I love it. So there's so many, gosh, there's so many directions I want to go with you and so many things I want to talk about. I think we we were laughing, you know, a minute before we started recording about 1995 What and what a year it was of awakening for for you and me, I mean, I think about what you were saying about massage school, you know, like how somebody could say, oh, all right, big deal. Like you were in massage school together, but there was something, there was something happening that was bigger than that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was for me. I mean, I, uh, we discussed this before we started that, that you know, just in, in chatting with people and, and working with people that are that are interested in self-realization and, and, you know, even if we venture in saying God realization, self-inquiry, really wanting to just be awesome at life and fully discover their higher self. It, it, that 1995 for me for sure was the year that I tell people that that's the year I woke up. Like that was the year that everything changed for me. And, you know, like you were just saying that there was, you know, there were a couple of people who were like, oh, you know, you went to massage therapy school. And it's like, it's so easy to sort of to throw that away. But it's like, yeah, I did go to massage therapy school. But, you know, it's, it's so what? Like, there's, you know, the, the catalyst to our awakening can be anything. But it, as I was sharing with you, you know, I, I, there were a lot of things that led up to that. But when I got there, the first day I knew, I was like, whoa, okay, something, something's happening here. And I didn't know what I didn't know, but yet I still kind of knew something was at play. And now in hindsight, when I look back on that, what I feel was that for the first time in my life, maybe at that point in my life anyway, is that I had fully aligned with my purpose. That, uh, you know, the path, I, I truly believe the path appears beneath our feet. 
So wherever we step, we can find a path. But I don't know, something about, you know, the stars aligning and it's just like, and you just know, like you just know that you are exactly where you should be doing exactly what you should be doing. And that was that moment for me, for sure, when I got to massage therapy. It was the same for me, 100%. And maybe that's why we're still so close. Like, even though so many years went by, like where you were bi-coastal and you were out in Los Angeles, and then we got, like, we reconnected, and it was crazy because it was, like, decades. I mean, decades had gone by, but no time had gone by, like, with our connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we met at that tea house in um, in Greensboro, as we were discussing earlier, and I fully agree with what you said. It was I, we hadn't seen each other in I don't know how many years, but it with like I don't know within a minute, it was like we had graduated from massage school three days ago. Like it's just no time at golf. It was just this immediate connection again, and yeah, it was really lovely, so lovely. And haven't you observed? Like with teaching, you know, because like when I started teaching massage school, I saw that same thing in other people (laughs) where they might have thought they were showing up there just to learn a skill and they were showing up there because their soul wanted them there to learn about themselves more than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, I used to. um, Well, I'll tell you a few things. The first thing is that initially it was what I used to, I'm going to say defend my defend my reasons for going to massage therapy school to the people in my life that I thought would either make fun of it or like think it was the dumbest idea ever when they would say to me, well, what are you doing now? Or what are you going to do? And and I I said, well, I'm going to go to massage therapy school. And I could see the look on their face and the way that I would defend myself is I would say, yeah, like after I graduate, if I want to, I can work on a cruise ship. And I can travel the world and get paid to do massage for people on this cruise ships. And what's like, there was a part of me that believed that and wanted to do that. I mean, let's face it. I'm like, well, I travel the world and rub beautiful women to get paid for it. You know, like that was the most <laughs> superficial thing ever. And to this day, you know, here we are in 2020 and that was in 1995. I've never worked on a cruise ship. For that matter, I've never even been on a cruise. Like, it was so much not about that for me at all. You know, it's like my ego, in a way, like, needed to hear that. But yet, there was a deeper purpose that I got to pretty early on when I was in that program. Because I already knew something bigger was at hand, uh, whatever that means. That I was just like, wow, this is not at all about something as ridiculous as do a massage on a cruise ship on beautiful or you know it's just like it was so it was so clear that 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 was just some nonsense story ego, egotistical story that i created in my head yeah it 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 pulled me into you know that path so it's like however you find it kind of what i was saying earlier that the path i do believe the path appears beneath our feet because we never know why we do something may not be the reason that we're really doing it that's so good for people to hear too. Like if they just feel drawn to something and they don't even know why, you know, maybe like one particular path down the healing arts and it's like, well, I don't know, like, I mean, but go with it. That would be what I would say. Like, just go with that feeling because it was the same for me. I mean, I was just this, 
like, I feel like when we went to Body Therapy Institute, I was like the little flower that was just poking up out of the dirt, you know, barely, barely looking up to see the light. And I was so scared. Not to interrupt you, you were the youngest person in our class, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, you were the youngest. And then there was one person between us. And I, I think I'm two years older than you. Like we were some of the youngest that were there. Anyway, go on. So yes, to to just to confirm and help my, uh, me remember that yeah, you were. We we all were. But yes, go on. Well, we had to do a lot more justifying and legitimizing back then. You know, we didn't have state licensure. That didn't even exist yet. We were an integral part of licensure coming to North Carolina. Number one, they were giving us the little talks about the lobbyists and you know, write your little check and support, you know, these lobbyists going to Washington so that we can get some legitimization here in North Carolina. So we were just at this very different point, you know, where massage parlors were everywhere. And, you know, my dad, you know, I was 21 years old. I had my 21st birthday that first week of massage school. And yeah, my dad, you know, was like, no way, like, you're not doing this, you know, and there was something in me that was like, I have to do this. Like, I don't, I don't even know why. But at that point, you know, we had to do a lot more explaining about what massage therapy was than people have to do now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that within our society. Yeah, the, the, law, the laws had not even passed it. But yeah, because I went through it with my family. I mean, I think for sure. I think everybody on some level that any I can maybe I'll say that knows their parents. They want their parents' approval, and I certainly wanted mine. And I remember just what you mentioned in your dad that um, when I came home and told my parents because I lived at home then because we both were that young. I was like I, I didn't really I didn't know what they were going to say, but I remember I, I went in the living room and told my dad. And at the time, I had a full time job with a company. I was in management with that company. I had full benefits. It was like in the eyes of someone who really wants stability. I had it. I already had it. Like it, I was set. And I remember telling my dad, I said, Pop, I'm going to go to massage therapy school. And my dad is a very soft spoken man and we have a great relationship. But <laughs> he said, uh, do what you want. But I just, I, he didn't even look at me. He was just looking at the TV. And he, said, <laughs> he said, Mm, he just took his head. He said, do what you want. But he said, I'm telling you right now, I think you're making a mistake. But do what you want. And uh, he said, um, you got you have a full-time job with job security, full benefits, and you're in management. I don't know why you would ever want to leave that. Which, you know, to a lot of people makes a lot of sense. And I, I remember that I, I don't even know what I said. I don't think I said anything. I walked in the kitchen to my mom, and she said, the most brilliant thing ever that I never have forgot. And I said, well, mom, what do you think? And she said, Philip, I learned a long time ago that you walk to the beat of a different drum. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, so if you think that's what you need to do, I trust that you'll make it work. So I think you should go do it. And I never will. She said, I learned a long time ago, meaning that you have child, you have put me through hell. Um, <laughs> I learned a long time ago that you walk through the beat, walk to the beat of a different drum. 
And so, you know, my mom was, was great and supportive in that way. Now, I like telling this story because I love to go back and share the last part of the story, which is my dad did come back probably, I'm going to say, a year after I graduated from massage therapy school. I had a practice, uh, a thriving practice, massage and energy healing practice in Greensboro. And, and he voluntarily at dinner one night, I was over there. And he didn't preface it with anything, not that my dad would, but he said, um, well, I was wrong. And I didn't even know what he was talking about. And I said, what are you talking about, Bob? He said, um, you doing what you're doing? He said, I know that I discouraged you. And he said, it was the best decision that you ever made. I'm glad you didn't listen to me. Oh, wow. Oh. So it was so amazing to get that, you know, just from... You know, because going back to, I, I do think we want the approval of our parents above all else. Uh, I know a lot of people I work with do. And, you know, regardless if we see eye to eye with our folks or not, like we want them to be proud of us, I think. And just to get that from my pop, because I already had it from my mom, was really nice. So Wow. And it was just a stepping stone, too. Like it was the waking up moment. And you certainly didn't stop there, but it was a very necessary step on the path. And that's what I really want to find out, like for people who are like, hmm, maybe I will go to massage school, but I don't know. Like, is that really what I want to do? It may be like one piece of it, like it was for you. Tell us about just the journey, just like what what happened from that wake up moment in massage school? I've always been a seeker in a way. I mean, I, I got my first copy of the Tao Te Ching which is the book of the Tao, which is older than the Bible, when I was nine years old. I can't explain that. No one, you know, and again, having, you know, the mom that I had, we were in a Will's bookstore at the old Carolina Circle Mall in Greensboro, North Carolina, (laughs) that has been gone for years. And like a good mom, she said, well, go pick out a book because she was there to get something. And I came back with the Tao Te Ching, which I still have. I don't, I've sort of retired that copy, but uh, I kept it for years. And I, you know, I read that when I was nine and 10 years old. I didn't understand it, but for whatever reason, I liked it. Like, I, I just liked, I don't know, like trying to understand it. And that just sort of continued through my youth where I, I don't know, like I would find myself stumbling on things like Zen Flesh, Zen Bones was another book that I found probably when I was like 12 years old. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, you know, I didn't even really understand what I was reading, but yet something kept pulling me to that. And I had arrived, uh, you know, through, you said you wanted to talk about professional wrestling, so I'll go ahead and drop that here. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd gone through professional wrestling and then I was a kickboxer for a while. And then, yeah, I was in a rock band for a short time. And like, I'd just done all of these things and truly was seeking for what was my path exactly? And I grew up on a farm, you know, working sun up to sun down during the summers with my family. And, and like, so I'd done, you know, I knew what manual labor was, but yet there was something, there was an artistic something, for lack of a better word, or maybe that's the perfect words, I don't know, that was, that was searching for something else. Like, I just knew there was something else. There was something that I was to do. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'd been, a, I was a bodybuilder. And going back to the story I was telling about my folks is that I was working in this huge distribution center and I was the, the receiving doc supervisor. 
And one morning I was walking down the dock, passing out paperwork to my, to my workers and a guy that was there who was a bodybuilder at the time as well. And we, we always talked about fitness and working out, nutrition and stuff like that. As soon as I walked up to him and handed him his paperwork, he said, uh, Philip, I'm thinking about going to massage therapy school. And I like, I don't even know how to describe other dentists to explain the experience. As soon as he said that, I knew it was exactly what I was supposed to do. I literally saw, you know how you get those little stars, but if you set up too quickly, like those blood pressure adjusting yeah. little spark light, I literally saw that around him. And I didn't, I don't think I said anything, but I turned on a dime, went back to my office, got out the Greensboro phone book, which that was when people actually had a phone book in their house. You didn't, you know, there was no internet. <laughs> And I called the only two massage therapy schools in the Greensboro phone book. And BTI, of course, was one of them. And they were the first one to respond. They said, you know, they had sent me an intro packet or, you know, basically their information and everything in a matter of like two to three days. And within two weeks, the next day, when I got their info and I looked at it, I put in my notice at that job that, that day. I mean, it happened that fast for me. I knew it was exactly what I was supposed to do. And then when I had, when I actually got to massage therapy school, I don't know, like just everything about it. I think you certainly can relate to this because I, I remember seeing it in your face there too. Like I just, anything that was was presented, I just absorbed like a sponge. I loved it. Uh, I, I knew that I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more. I just absorbed everything like a sponge. You know, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And as the old, you know, quote goes is that when the student's ready, the teacher will come. Uh, that same year, I met an older Chinese gentleman that I still study with occasionally to this day. That was a Qigong master that had just moved to North Carolina from China. His daughter had brought him here. And all of my life, I had wanted to study with, you know, a, a legitimate master. And he was. And so I met him that same year. You know, I think everybody wants their own personal Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> and I certainly did. Uh, and he and he became mine for a while. And then also the same year, I, I met another Tai Chi master that I ended up being his indoor student, one of his indoor students, and studied with him extensively. And truly, he was, you know, he was the teacher that changed my life, like really just traditional old school, not just martial arts, because it really wasn't. It was much more self-integration. It was harmonious living. It was self-inquiry. It was knowing thyself. And, I mean, it was, you know, just a deep dive into into the human experience and making all of that come together. Now, you know, I, w I want to go back and say something about the gentleman that worked for me, just to bring this full, full circle, because this gives me chills to think about it, and I just remembered it. So what the gentleman that said to me when I was, you know, working in the distribution center, that said to me, hey, Philip, I'm thinking about going to massage therapy school. He said that. And then, of course, that, you know, the story that I told you, it's kind of how that went. So fast forward to finish massage therapy school, started my own massage practice. I started a Tai Chi school, co-founded a Tai Chi school in Greensboro. 
So anyway, I was at my Greensboro office and I get a I get a phone call one day from a friend of mine who was the director at the Mossad school where I was teaching. And he asked me, he said, um, yeah, I just got an application from a student and he says he knows you and his name is, and I won't say the gentleman's name just because I don't have his permission to say it on the podcast. And, uh, and it was the guy that used to work for me. Oh, wow. That I had applied to the massage therapy school and found out I was an instructor there. And all I said to my friend Wayne, who was the director of the massage school, I said, let him in. <laughs> I said, let him in. We don't even need to interview him. I said, he's the reason that I am, that I went to massage therapy. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, it really was full circle. So he became one of my students. He used to work for me. And then four years later, four or five years later, he became one of my students at massage therapy school. And he graduated. And I haven't had any contact with him in years, but the last I heard, he had a practice in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh my and goodness. So it really was, it was just like, again, full circle, like just trusting the path. I, I don't even know where else to go with that. I don't even remember our original question. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how that, that whole story went. And then all of, and all of that, again, all of this came from just going to this little massage program. Um, as some people like, you know, would say about it or whatever, but, but going back, you said something earlier that I think is important and you being the amazing teacher of the work that you've done from what you said, I know that you fully understand this. I finally had gotten, and I'm curious to hear what you had to say about this. At the beginning of every new class at the massage school, my first class, one of the first things that I would do is have them take out a piece of paper. And I would, and it was just that I wouldn't even introduce anybody, nobody's name. I'm about to say, "Hey, hi, I'm you know, so bored or whatever." Please take out a piece of paper, and I'd say, "Write this at the top. Remember that I told you that it's going to be like this." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and then I just proceeded to go on to say, "Whether you realize it or not, your life is getting ready to change drastically." And I just had this conversation with patient two days ago. There is something about, and again, I want to hear your thoughts on this. There is something about being in a program where you're learning intellectually, but yet you're being physically stimulated and rubbed on a daily, you know, on a daily basis while you're learning. So you're getting, you know, tactile stimulation as well as intellectual, mental, lots of stimulation. And through this whole process, it creates a whole new level of awareness, a whole new awakening that starts to happen for people. Whether you sign up for that or not, it doesn't matter. Because just literally, as you know, being a healer, body worker, just being touched from head to toe and just a massage itself creates a level of body awareness that you don't have until you start getting that work done. And certainly if you're not a, if you're not a meditator, you don't have that level of physical, you know, that much awareness of your body. And when that level of awareness, when we start to become a conscious, you know, conscious of our physical body and emotions start to come up because they're trapped in different areas of our bodies and things like that, the world changes 
it burns to the ground. Um, <laughs> and it really gives meaning to what the Buddhists say, the lotus grows out of the mud, because suddenly there is this awareness of how unconscious, I'll speak for myself, that I have been. And then you start with that more, with that level of awareness and with more consciousness, you start to see all your flaws, quote unquote, all your flaws. And then you start to judge yourself or I started to judge myself for, oh my God, oh my God. And that is just, it was such a part of my language, such a shit pool yeah. <laughs> and the biggest mind fuck ever, like that just starts just stuff just starts to come out of you and it uh, what's coming out of you is that you're now aware of who you are oh my gosh yes who you've been yeah and it's like and then you can see it and then we judge it it's like oh my god i'm this horrible person or whatever you know Uh, and then we get in this tricky place with we have an awareness of it and we know what should be done but yet the program the subconscious programming and the subconscious pattern is still in place in our physical. It's the wiring is still there to react a certain way. So then there's this period of time where we actually witness ourselves, observe ourselves reacting in a certain way to different triggers. And we know we know better, but yet we can't stop it because the programming is so strong. The subconscious programming is so strong. And it really is like there's a period of in that you know in that awakening period that really is a shit show and it and it is you know now as as i call it i don't know what you call it in your practice that we call that a healing crisis and how many times did we hear jenny say at dti it's all right it's gonna get worse before it gets better (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna get worse before it gets better and I, I literally have to tell my patients that sometimes. And I still have to tell myself that sometimes, you know, the deeper that I go into self-inquiry and self-realization, and again, God-realization, that, you know, the programming, it comes out and it's just another layer. It's just another layer. And, and then you feel it and you see it and it's like, oh, wow. And then, I don't know, fortunately, we can, or hopefully we can develop the wherewithal to say, okay, healing crisis. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, we have, you know, in that, in that process of reprogramming the program, it is quite the undertaking. And it's not for the faint at heart, that's for sure. And I think that's the value of a really good teacher or, you know, really good relationships, supportive community, and people that you can reflect with and talk with, whether that be a therapist or a best friend or a lover. And it's just so essential, like all parts to the puzzle should be there to support those that are truly waking up because it is it is not again it is not the thing at heart <laughs> becoming more conscious it's it's not and it doesn't stop i mean how many wake up calls how many aha moments i mean they just keep coming and like you said something so simple like i'm going to go learn how to do something and get a certification or a licensure no like if anybody ever wanted to just accelerate their healing, if they never wanted to do a professional get paid for it massage in their life, everybody could go to massage school. I mean, what you've said, I agree with a hundred percent. And I think that's why when we taught massage school, you would see a pharmacist, you know, in his fifties, you'd see an engineer, 
in his 50s, they would show up in my class. They were ready to wake up. That's why they were there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, that, those are the types of people, too, that exactly what you're saying that, that I would love, I loved working with. But what I saw, what was so different, like I never in a million years would want to be a high school teacher <laughs> or any kind of teacher within the actual structure of our educational system. I have the utmost respect for those folks that want to do that. And here's why. The reason I wouldn't want to do that is because your students have to be there. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, like it's part of the system. They have to go to school and in healing school and, you know, schools of the healing arts, whether it be massage or polarity therapy or venturing into Chinese medicine or energy healing, the people that show up for that volunteer to be there, like they're at that point in their life where they have made a decision. You know, so few people, exactly what you were saying, are right out of high school or right out of college that show up for these types of of courses and trainings, like these are people that they, they've made a conscious choice or maybe it's an unconscious choice. Um, uh, maybe it's a higher conscious choice that they're not even aware of yet to enroll and, you know, and jump into this kind of work. And it's the fact that they want to be there is so rewarding, especially if they, if they continue to do the work and continue to grow. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my listeners are people who are fascinated with holistic healing and they're like, gosh, I would like to do something out of the mainstream, you know, corporate world. A lot of the people um, that connect to my work are like, gosh, you know, I just, I like the idea of that. I'm not sure what I want to do or how I want to do it, you know, and then, and then I've got a large community of massage therapists that might be, thinking about what is the next step? You know, like maybe they've been a massage therapist for a while and maybe they're ready to expand. So I want to hear about (laughs) from North Carolina to Los Angeles, like what the heck happened? Like how did you become therapist to the stars and all of a sudden you loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly? Like what happened? (laughs) Oh, that's great. Beverly Hillbillies uh, (laughs) reference there. We're old enough to remember that show. Oh, wow. So, what's, I guess, to go back before, you know, my friend that that worked with me said to me there, you know, that, oh, I'm thinking about going to massage school. I had already looked into exploring some some classes on acupuncture and herbs. It's really one of my dear friends, Tracy Peck, who's a phenomenal acupuncturist and healer in Greensboro at uh, Eastgate Wellness, he at that time, and I didn't know him at that time, was offering like one night classes on an intro to acupuncture in Greensboro, like the local community college or something. And I'm, you know, we've talked about it. And of course he was doing it to educate the public on the benefits of acupuncture. And I signed up for that class, but it was canceled because not enough people, there just wasn't enough interest. So I was so bummed by that. So I had already started looking around into you know, acupuncture just already having at a young age a fascination with, you know, Asian philosophy and and natural healing and, and acupuncture and being a martial arts, being a martial artist when in my, at that time I was, you know, had some awareness of acupuncture. Well, 
when I looked into acupuncture schools, you had to have at least an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree to even enroll at that time. Now you have to have at least a bachelor's, but I didn't have either because right out of high school, as you know, like I was a professional wrestler. I went on the road, you know, that was my dream, you know, and I, I was living that. And so right out of high school, I didn't go to college like my friends did. A lot of my friends did anyway. I, I So I skipped that piece. Well, when I heard that you had to have, you know, a college degree to get into to acupuncture university, Chinese medicine university, I was just like, okay, well then, you know, that's not going to happen. Not anytime soon. It seemed over whelming to think, well, okay, go to four years of school and then go to three or four more years. You know, it's like, it's like I'm going to be a doctor or something at that time was sort of the conversation I had in my head about it. So anyway, uh, fast forward after the massage schools, just kind of what we were talking about, I had a successful practice. I was teaching at, teaching at a massage school and then um, had a massage practice and I was at a Tai Chi school. And I was as happy as I could be, like literally I was. But being the seeker, that I just had sort of, you know, knew that I was, I asked myself, as I do on a regular basis, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? And I had always been interested in acting and theater and filmmaking and art in general, but really fascinated with cinema and theater. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to take an acting class. So I took an acting class and like so many, you know, I was bitten. I was bitten by the bug, so then I had it. And then I was like, yeah, I love this. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to take some acting classes. Well, the next thing that I knew, I had a GTCC, which is Guilford Technical Community College in Greensboro. They had a two-year theater program. And it was one of those things that I could keep doing everything that I was doing, go take some acupuncture. I mean, sorry, go take some acting classes and go study theater history and intro to different things and audition for some plays, and you know, and I could sort of do this together. Well, a year into that program of having a life busier than any one person should ever have, trying to manage all of that, I was like, you know what? I want to get a four-year degree. Like, I actually want to get a four-year degree in fine arts and acting and theater. So then I ended up at Elon University, where I finished my Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting. And while I was there, I met a group of filmmakers that became my best friends, as well as other actors. And I knew two years before I graduated with my bachelor's that as soon as I graduated, I was going to move to the West Coast. I was going to pursue cinema, acting. And and what was the beauty of it was that like, you know, any artist is that you, you got to have something to support your, your artistic habit. And so I was like, I can do body work. I can teach Tai Chi while I pursue acting and wide screenwriting and things like that. So that's exactly what I did. I graduated from Elon University in 2005. And February of 2006, I well, moved to Los Angeles and was doing just that. I was, you know, I was acting when I could. I was auditioning as much as I could. I was writing screenplays and I was feeding myself and paying my bills ultimately by doing body work. And I was so fortunate to meet um, Dr. Greg Van Vicaris, who's still my business partner there in Los Angeles. He's a chiropractor who gave me a job as a massage therapist in his practice. And he is the man that is known among the stars, as so many people like to say. So just by working with him, 
I started to meet, you know, lots of people in the entertainment industries, you know, actors, of course, but also musicians and, and directors and costumers. And I, I just sort of became their massage therapist. And some of them became very good friends. And then it all came together that I had some things happen within my acting career that it just became very apparent to me that I love this, but I don't want to rely on this to pay my bills. So what, what do I want to do? If I could do anything in the world, what would it be? And again, like a ton of bricks, it just dropped right on me in a meditation. It was like, go study Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And then I saw the path that had, that I wasn't aware of until that moment was like, well, I can do that now because I have a four year degree. All I have to do is apply in the acupuncture school that I've always wanted to study, where I've always wanted to study is literally five miles away, and that's Yosan University, which was founded by uh, watching me, who now goes by Omni, and uh, his two, and his sons, Mao and Dao. And the next week, I, I wasn't even the next week, I called that day, and I went down the next week to meet and apply, and and I was on my way. Like, it, was, it just happened that fast, where I knew it's what I was supposed to do. So I spent four years at Yosan University, passed the California acupuncture board, Chinese medicine board exam, and just basically had posted on social media that I had passed. And Dr. Rick Bambakaris, who I mentioned earlier, the chiropractor who I had lost contact with while I was at school because school was all consuming. I mean, it was the hardest four years that I've ever in my life. I mean, as you can imagine, you literally are learning Chinese. It's a new language. <laughs> And, um, and so that was all consuming. I lost contact with Greg, but Greg saw, Dr. Greg saw that I had posted that I had passed the California board and he messaged me immediately upon seeing that post and said, Hey man, I need an acupuncturist. The lady that was here is now a full-time mom. And I have a practice for, I have an acupuncture practice that needs an acupuncturist. Oh Please my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know that. And, and it really, it was just, it was unbelievable. It gives me chills to talk about it now because it really, I mean, if there was ever divine intervention, and and there is, I, just in my life, I feel so grateful to have, you know, a handful of these moments. That was one of them. And I met with Greg the next week. And as soon as my license went, everything went through and all that was settled up, I started, I went back to Studio City. I was living in Marina Del Rey at the time. I moved back to Studio City. and went back to work with one of my best friends who's still there as a chiropractor. And it was just, I mean, that was it. And then at that point, uh, I became the acupuncturist, herbalist, and nutritional counselor for, again, you know, some of these, most of the people in the entertainment industry, most of our patients, I should say, are in the entertainment industry in some shape, form, or fashion. And yeah, I was, uh, I loved it. I still love it. I Before COVID, I was still going back every six to eight weeks to see patients for a week because I did ultimately end up making the decision to move back to North Carolina to be closer to my family. Uh, for those that know me know that my father had a stroke in 2006 and as he gets older and as my mom gets older too, I wanted to be nearby to help, you know, the best that I could with their help, whatever they were willing to accept for me. Because uh, it's not always, you know, the, having a doctor in the family, of, of the medical practitioner of any kind in the family, you know, 
is not always well received. Uh, you know, it's always easier to hear information from someone we don't have like a huge history with. So me trying to show up and give my parents um, nutritional advice and health advice, uh, advice is, is always interesting. But anyway, I'm close by if they ever want it. How about that? <laughs> but, um, but anyway, that's a long, sort of a long-winded sort of story. But that's, you know, that's the gist of it. Okay, well, I've got several questions from all that. First of all, like when that acupuncture practice just presented itself so divinely, did you let go of like your massage therapy business? Like what was that transition like for you? Was that the moment that you were like, okay, I'm not going to be a massage therapist anymore because you were probably inundated with, with patients at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I had actually, I would say mentally, mentally, and, and even from, you know, I knew that that while I was in a university, I knew that I wasn't going to, that the massage was over for me because I was still seeing a handful of, of clients, massage clients while I was at school. And I enjoyed it, but I, it was just changing for me. You know, I knew that that was, that was kind of gone. And I still do some physical hands-on work now with my patients, but it's not the bulk of what I do. You know, like people don't come from, to me anymore to get a full hour massage or whatever, you know, but that's, I, I just knew, you know, and I didn't question it. And it just felt right to leave it. You know, it just felt like that they were, that, that those days were kind of gone for me of doing, you know, like full massages and things like that. Now I still do, you know, basic, I shouldn't even say basic. I, I incorporate some energetic stuff in my sessions, which, uh, you know, I, I think that you can relate to this. And if you can't, please, you know, I don't know. I would love to hear what you do. So much of that and all of that is intention anyway. You know, even when I'm needling, even when I'm taking pulses during the diet, like that, there, I have a very clear intention of when I needle a point, what I'm hoping to get from that with also to the space to whatever needs to happen can happen that may not be within you know, that I may not even be aware of, that I'm not, that I'm not holding an attention uh, around or whatever, but it's, so that's, you know, that part of body work is always there, you know, but maybe that's just part of, as I say that out loud, maybe that's just part of being a healer too. Yeah. I don't think it ever leaves, you know, like every single thing you're doing, like you said, if you're, you know, it's all energy work, you know, every, every single bit of it. But I think that's good for people to hear that might be ready to go to the next level. Like maybe, you know, like maybe they've been doing massage therapy for a long time and it's it's time to expand. I just think it's encouraging to hear like how your expansion took place. Like what what were the phases? And I have, I think it's so cool that you were treating patients on both coasts and how was that? I, I, that sounds like a dream situation that you manifested. Was it was it challenging? Was it just right for you that you got to be in those different environments with those different different energies? Yeah, I'm going to say it was just right for me. I that that was something that I that I uh, and I'll share this here. That was something that I intentionally manifested. I mean that that was I am one that will sit down with pen and paper. And write, put, you know, to get a real clear intention of what I want to manifest or attract in my life. And there are phases in my life where I, where I'm really good about it. 
and there are other phases that I'd sort of let it go because things flowing smoothly. But that was something that I wrote on paper that I wanted to manifest. I wanted to be able to do what I love to do and be able to support myself doing it and not just support myself, but, you know, to make, to make a decent living, to make a good living, to be, you know, I'll say to be wealthy. Like I just didn't hold anything back with that intention and have a functioning, have functioning and self-sustaining practices on both coasts because so many people that would ask me about California from North Carolina and then vice versa. They would ask me about, you know, North Carolina that were from California. Like they, they, the question that I would get a lot of time was, well, which one do you like better? Where do you like being the best? Where do you like me? Do you like California? Do you like McConnell? And my answer a lot of times was both. Yeah. I'm so grateful that I can go back between, you know, back and forth to both. I mean, there's things about North Carolina is home and it's beautiful here. It's easy. It's a, you know, it's a slower pace. It's more affordable, like all of those practical things with beauty. But Cali is awesome. You know, Cali is, I mean, it's, it's the city of angels for a reason. Is that just the vibration itself there is, is high vibe. There are loads of artists there that I just dig. Like I, that, that's my jam is hanging with, with progressive thinkers. You know, I love, I love hanging out with people that, that don't have normal everyday conversations. Uh, so I love to have tea with so many different people. I love hearing people's, you know, what, like, what makes, what motivates you, man? What moves you? What, you know, what is your jam? Like, what, where do you tap into your highest self and how is that expressed? And, you know, just all of that funky stuff that you can only get, you know, in, in Southern California, one might think, um, certainly not only in Southern California, but like, I, I'm absolutely at home in, in that. And I'm absolutely at home here on the farm. You know, talking to old farmers that used to, you know, that were tobacco farmers for years. Like I, you know, I, I enjoy both, and so that was it. Was really awesome for me in in every way, uh, and exactly what I wanted was to be able to do both. What a great example of like clear manifestation. You didn't have to choose; you got to have all of that. And I agree with you. I love West Coast. I love East Coast. I love the South, and. I love North Carolina and I absolutely love California. I have tons of family there and I don't want to choose. We don't have to, you know, and I love the creativity connection to healers. Like so many healers express that creative side like you do. That's so um, important, I think, to like access creativity as healing. So let's talk a little bit about your book. What's going on with that? Oh, that's right. The book is in is in uh, is in the works. Yes, I am finally writing the book after writing several screenplays, um, and now I'm working on a book, which the working title is "Now I Know Exactly What to Do." Uh, and of course, that will change, but it's like that's what I decided is that finally, after all of these experiences in my life, I found the magic combination. You know, the formula that of the universe and ultimately and I, I think that uh, I'd love to hear what you had to say about this is that this book is for me it is my playbook mm-hmm. <laughs> meaning that it is the things that have worked for me that I've tried over the years the practices that I have applied to my life over the years that always put me right on track doing exactly what I need to be doing just, you know, meditating like a mountain, training like a beast, and just, you know, just absolutely being 
a master of manifestation and attraction. And, and I use those words consciously because I, it, it's just one of those things that, that I, at this point in my life that, that I have seen so many times is when I'm doing the work, when I'm doing that, what's, which supports me. My life is so much fun. <laughs> and my life is, is so good in every way. Things flow freely. And I think we've all had that. I mean, my slogan for my business is that life is more fun when we feel good. And it really is that simple for me. When we feel good, like that, it's, it's everything is easier. I don't care if we're, if we're making breakfast, if we feel horrible or if we're in a bad mood, it's like, you know, making breakfast itself can, can be the most annoying thing ever <laughs> or can take every ounce of our energy. But like, if we're just, you know, clicking and popping and banging on, on all levels, it's like you're dancing while you make breakfast and you're listening to music and life is just free flowing and fun. But what I had found over the years is that when I do what I know supports me, as simple as it sounds, when I do, when I make an effort, conscious effort every day, and I don't care if it's for five minutes or maybe it's for three hours because I, you know, there are days in my past for sure that I would practice an hour or two hours, three times a day, in my different practices. And I really don't have time to do that anymore, but I certainly spend an hour every morning, most mornings, I should say. And then in the evening, you know, I've gotten back to taking the time to do that, which I know supports me. And this book is sort of a, a play-by-play or a guide to just sort of becoming your best self. I don't think anything in it is going to be new, if that makes any sense. But, however, you know, it, it, with that said, and, and this is uh, this is the secret for me. I'm just going to throw this out. The secret for me in anything anything like any type of self-help work, any type of new thought, whatever you're trying, you know, if you're trying to reprogram the programming, you know, whether it be a new, uh, if, you're, if you're adapting a new diet or a new workout or a spiritual practice or a meditation practice, what makes it work is a decision and a commitment to do the work. That's it. I think any sound program at all, whether it be my book or what, and, and what I'm going to present there, or if, if it's, I don't know, anything else that you find out there is, is that I think ultimately if you commit with all of your soul to, and, and I don't, that's, I don't know that I've ever said that, but I'm going to hear if you commit with all of your soul to being the awesome at life, and wanting to be your best self and following that program with consistency. Like, that's the secret. You know, I, there's a bodybuilder guy, I'm just going to throw this out here, who has an amazing quote. His name is Stan Efferdine. I'll, I'll go ahead and plug him here because I think so much of what he says is brilliant, but it's at the same time, you know, he's very successful, not only as a bodybuilder and a powerlifter, a powerlifter, but he's also a fantastic businessman. And he says, consistency is the science. Mm, I like I don't that. Care, you know, is it the consistency is the science. If it's a diet, if it's a workout program, it doesn't make any difference what it is. The diets that work for people 
are the ones that they will do consistently. Yeah. Workout plans, meditation plans. The ones that are the best are the ones that people will do. And that's, you know, I've got sort of sidetracked here from my book, but ultimately I know from experience the things that I'm presenting in the book will work if we commit to them. And I just sort of came from that place. I've wanted to write a book for years. And thanks to the quarantine that that has happened, because I not only did I have time, but I, I had time to clean out my office and I stumbled upon notes, notebooks upon notebooks of notes that I'd taken with the three masters that I'd studied with over the years. And finding those old notes and finding old journals and looking through all of this and, and then having the time because of the COVID situation, I thought, you know what? The advice of St. Nike, uh, Nike tennis shoe, just do it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it, it really, it just comes down to that, right? It's like, just do it. Like just commit to it. Going back to everything that I was just talking about, whether it be meditation or writing a book, commit to it with all of your soul. This is what I want. You know, and this is how I'm going to create it and just, just do it. So, um, I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> it did. Yes. And I'm excited. I'm really excited to read it. And you know what I thought was interesting about this time, about our global shutdown time? I had more time with you because <laughs> like I was able to tune in and be with you when you were doing like your Instagram lives and I was able to do my own live things. Okay, none of that would have ever been able to happen otherwise. Like we would have been in treatment with, you know, with our people, right? Okay. Absolutely. I yeah. saw my core group of like, like my community, like my fellow healers. I saw them stepping up to be like, well, you know what? This is what we came here for, right? Like, this is our time. Like, oh, we're needed. And what have we been doing all this time if we're not ready to help now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to share that because I really wanted to share you because I feel so encouraged by how um, my healers, my you know, the people in my community that I look up to and that I respect and that I refer to have taken this time and made the most of it. And so, you know, for any any holistic healers out there that really need some encouragement because oh, I don't know about you. It's not that we didn't have challenges when we started, like you know, we were talking about. I mean, there wasn't even licensure. Like we had we had our own things we had to go through, like when we started this path that are different now. But I think about if someone was like, oh gosh, I was gonna go to massage school or I was gonna go to acupuncture school, and now I don't even know. You know, like, can I even do my dream? Like, now that all this is happening, what words of wisdom do you have to share? Because you have taken this situation and I think you've transmuted it into making it a force for good. Well, thank you. That's very kind. For me, it, it goes back again, to, you know, to uh, as cheesy as it sounds, to Saint Night, just do it. Just do it. And there, there's, I think, there's a couple of things that paralyze us as a human race. And one of them is resistance. And from resistance, we have an excuse to be non-committal or to, to choosing a path. And indecision 
is really is evil. Indecision and resistance, I, you know, I think is, is you know, how many people do you know and do, you know, do we know that all of their life they talk about doing something that they just never did? You know, they just never gave it a shot. And some of the best advice that I ever got, because I asked my teacher this, the, the, the Tai Chi Qigong master that I studied with for years, I asked him one time, I said, how do you know if you're doing the right thing? And at the time, of course, I was in my mid-20s and I was asking them about a relationship. <laughs> and I said, how do you know? Like, I, you know, but that, well, we went on, we had an extensive conversation about it. I said, how do you know if you're with the right person? Or how do you know if you're doing the right career? And he said, that's easy. He said, if it supports you. And he said, I'm not talking about financially. He said, that's nice if it does, but does it support you? Does it feed your soul? And he said, the only way to know if you don't know is make a decision this way or that. He said, but if you get in the midst of it, once you make that decision, kind of what we were talking about earlier, make that decision and fully commit, give all of your soul, all of your heart to that decision. And if you get in the middle of it and find, and find out that you've made the wrong, quote unquote, wrong decision. Just make another decision. And yeah. something about him telling me that freed me up so much in so many ways where it was like, if you don't ever really give anything a go, like a full go, how do you know? And if you're really being drawn to something and you're being pulled back to it, you know, of course, being the person that I am, journal about it, think about it, meditate on it. <laughs> Examine and ask yourself the question if I'm giving someone advice, um, as I ask myself, does this serve me? Does this serve my highest good? Because there's a lot of people that stay in things, myself included, with jobs, with, I don't know, with careers, with living in certain places, that so much about it is toxic. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing about it. Like it's sucking your soul dry. And it, you know, but some, you know, because we do this, we get hung up on, well, I don't know, and, you know, should I move? And it's so expensive to move. And all of these things when just like, just move, just make a decision, just find another place and move out. And if you're six months in and you're a new place and that's wrong, then make another decision. Right. So, I, I, I mean, that's my advice. It's just do it. Like, if you're really being called to something, I would say go for it because why we think, and we discussed this earlier too, why we think we're being called to something is not often the reason. And even if it is the reason, once we get into it, we find out that there there are other reasons too. It's like, oh, if I had not have done this, then this would never have happened. You know, I, I one of my favorite quotes too on this topic is that any kind of knowledge or power is worthless unless used. And just having an inner knowledge, you know, and really being drawn to do something so much that it continues to come up within yourself and not acting on that, you know, it's just, it's just, is worthless. You know, it, 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 it can never manifest for you fully. And that will show up, I have found, in every other area of your life through frustration you know, through through stagnant energy, as we say in Chinese medicine, through chi stagnation, uh, that there's not a full expression that's happening. So, yeah, I would say, say, you know, go for it. 
and and I have to say this because I have to plug Dan Millman, who I love, who's a, who's a writer who wrote with Peace Warrior about that. But you know, his book is is based on this. This whole principle was that one of the many lessons that is in that book is that you know he was a young gymnast and way of peaceful warrior, and he and he goes to this give just a really quick summary of the, of the story is that and he can't sleep one night and he's like a lot of us he's getting a call that he doesn't know he's getting a call to do something you know to step into his higher self or learn more about himself and so he he gets up in the middle of the night walks to a nearby gas station. And the old man that works in the gas station, who ultimately ends up becoming his teacher, who he nicknamed Socrates. But the first night that he goes, as he's walking away from the gas station, he turns to look back and Socrates, the old man, is sitting in a chair by the door. And then two seconds later, he turns to look back and Socrates, the old man, is standing on top of the gas station. And Dan's question is, how did you do that? Like, I'm a gymnast. I'm a world-class gymnast. There's no way that you had time to climb up there, nor could you have jumped up there. How did you do that? So he continued to go back every night to figure out, ultimately, how this old man got on top of the the gas station so quickly. And through him going back to find out that quote-unquote secret, there were all of these lessons that these old men taught him that changed his life that ultimately led to his spiritual awakening. And so why we're drawn to do something may not be, you know, but when we get to the end, you know, it, it really is about the journey. You know, the journey that we're going to take and going for what we think we want from something is really what it's about. That sounds so cliche, but yet it's so true. <laughs> oh, it's so true. <laughs> And and so good for people to hear right now, because I just, my heart goes to people right now, you know, who are like, whoa, this is my dream. You know, I was getting ready to do this. And now there's all this fear and there's all these changes and there's all this uncertainty and it's okay. It's, it's okay. We can still, I got to tell you something too. Like side note, I'm so glad you mentioned Way of the Peaceful Warrior because that book is near and dear to my heart because my dad, we had a really difficult relationship for a long time and he ended up in jail and he was in jail for quite a while and while he was in like we were estranged I wasn't I wasn't taking calls like he was writing me letters and I wasn't opening them you know this was a long time ago but I was working on me you know like you're talking about like your you know self-reflection and self-healing work I was I was doing the work on my end and as I healed he was changing and he was in there and he was sobered up and he was still and with himself, you know? And I started doing a lot of work around my relationship with him and I started opening up the letters. And he asked me to get him that book and send it, and send it to him, to, you know, bring it to him to jail. And I was like, what? How would he know about the way of the peaceful warrior? You know what I mean? A guy, a cellmate. Yeah. Um, a cellmate who I just wonder if this guy was <laughs> an angel. Do you know what I'm saying? Like um, these letters, like when I finally opened these letters, it was, hey, could you get me the book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior? The next letter, hey, could you get me the four agreements? You know, just really, I, I like my jaw was on the ground. You know, I was like, what is happening? And so as I started changing and, you know, as I started healing, 
and taking responsibility, you know, for my end of things, I started to go see him, you know, on, on visitation. And he was like, Hey, look at my greenhouse. He was in a greenhouse rehab program. He's like, look at my plants, you know, look at my bonsais. And that book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, it was, it was life changing for him. So I just had to tell you that because it's a really cool book. And I'm, I'm going to put it in the show notes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. I love that. Go on. No, I just, I was going to say, speaking of the book that you're writing, I hope you'll come back on the show and we can, when you launch the book, we can do this like again, because there are so many more things I want to talk about and you just, you have so much wisdom and so much inspiration to share. So will you come back on with me and we can like, you know, do another deep dive? Absolutely. Of course I will. You know, I will. I will, I will hang with you whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I want to know one thing before you go or before we go, what are you reading? Like what at the moment, what are you, what are you reading? What, what do you find inspiration in? Or have you had time to read in the quarantine? <laughs> you know what? I've been writing too. I've been writing more than I've been reading. Like I have to say, I'm working on the second book. I'm working on a workbook for ceremony and ritual. Mm-hmm. And so, but I have to think like about like, I have been pouring good things in. I'm trying to think like what's been my favorite thing as far as like input lately. Yo, you know what I've been doing again? And I bet you love this book, The Diamond Cutter. Have you read it? Oh my God, I haven't. I've heard of it, but I have not gotten to it yet. Well, I'm re-listening to it, like just to pour in, you know, like good stuff in my ears. I read it. I, I think I could read it over and over and over. It's, I think you will love it because it's a Buddhist, a Buddhist take on success in business. <laughs> but the the way that they break down, like there's this one chapter that I wish everybody in the world would read. And it's just how energy imprints happen. And oh, whoa. yeah, and he, he lists them and it's like how energy imprints affect your business. But I think it's so relevant for our world. You know, when we look at everything going on, just as a, a sum total of a whole lot of imprints that have been made. And how every kindness, you know, every, every positive thought, every little act of kindness or every little white lie, you know, every little moment of anger is just creating that ripple effect. And so what do we want? You know, what kind of world do we want and how can we put those imprints out? That's what's really lighting me up right now. That is amazing. I love that. And I love exactly what you just said too. Acts of kindness. I mean, it's just be kind. You know, just be as my grandmother, I live in my grandmother's old house um, when I moved back to North Carolina. I re, um, remodeled my grandparents' old house. And she used to say that, that things are so much better with honey than they are with vinegar. Mm-hmm. And and she said that metaphorically. And I think, and, and uh, but I, I love that too. But yes, every white pie, every, you know, all that there is a ripple effect that, that happens and yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I will absolutely have to check that out. I appreciate you. Um, appreciate you. You saying that. You throwing that out there. I can't believe you were you were nine when you got a copy of the Tao Te Ching. Nine? Is that I what was, you said? I was nine years old. Yeah, nine years old. Wow, crazy. That, yeah. And I have no like I have no explanation for that at all. Like I don't even pretend 
to know. Like, I mean, I, 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 we could create all kinds of stories about past lives and this, and this, but I like, I'm just not cause I don't like, I don't know. I mean, there's only this moment, right? There's only the now and we're either in alignment in the now or we're in some sort of shaky wobble. And so I don't, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there's a past life thing. Maybe there's this or that. I certainly have had recollections of, you know, through the years around Taoism and around healing and medicine and, you know, different instances in my life, even with theater, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, I used to go into theaters and I would have, I'd get really nervous. My palms would get sweaty and I never know why. It's like, why am I nervous right now? You know, but anyway, maybe that was a past life thing too. I don't know. And uh, nor do I care. But yes, I found, I started reading from Dallas, nine years old and had had no clue. I mean, I'm not even going to pretend that I understood it because I didn't, I didn't understand it at all. I can tell you one thing I know about you and me. I could see you again a hundred lifetimes from now and be like, oh, hey, there you are. (laughs) It just would not matter. (laughs) For more. I don't know what we didn't get last time, but we're going to work it out. And we're going to enjoy it. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But you know what? That just makes me so happy. And that's why I wanted to share this is, you know, my fellow healers, you know, us being really strong in these times together and being fortified by each other. And you do, you strengthen me. And um, I hope that this is very encouraging and very strengthening for those who are listening, who are out there doing good things in the world like you're doing. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. That is very kind. And right back at you, 100%. I love seeing your post. And I'm so happy that we've reconnected after all the years. And, uh, and you are, yeah, you're, you're, you're good people. And I love you to death. Thank <laughs> you so much. Well, to be continued forever, my friend. And you guys, go check him out at Doc Philip on Instagram. That's right. Is that correct? That is right. That, yeah, at Doc Philip, D-O-C-P-H-I-L-L-I-P on Instagram. 